0: Welcome to the Core Women Podcast. My name is Dr. Summer Watson. I'm a doctor of psychology, podcaster, published author, coach, producer of documentary empowerment films and empowerment seminars. This podcast is a special place for the hearts and souls of women. It is a place where women share their journeys, strength, resiliency, strategy, and passions. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Carrie Solomonson, Shelley Tinney-Miller, Katie Tinney, all cancer survivors and co-founders of the Cancer Cartel. We have so much to talk about here, Carrie, Shelly, and Katie. So let's jump right into this.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you. Absolutely. So honestly, there's so much to talk about, but I want to give you each a chance to talk about your cancer journey. And then I'd like you three to talk about your idea and how you came up with the name Cancer Cartel, why your mission, of course, and how that developed and how that developed together.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Let's just start.
0: Let <laughs> me start first.
2: Okay, me- um, I'll start. My journey has been long, Um, I've had some very uh, trying health conditions that I've overcome. We'll start with the easiest and move to the hardest. Um, I've had multiple bouts of skin cancer. I had thyroid cancer. I had an emergency hysterectomy in which I was diagnosed with cervical cancer. And in the middle of all of that, um, was diagnosed with breast cancer. I actually had mastectomies when I was 19. Um, due to fibrocystic breast disease. And when I was 35, you'll have to fact check my date because I always (laughs) seem to forget what age that was. It's PTSD, I put it out of my mind. But I woke up with one breast and one of my implants had deflated. And if that would not have happened, they never would have found the cancer. So it was in a milk duct that I didn't know that I had. Thankfully, it was in situ, so I did not have to have chemo or radiation, but I did have to have, you know, more surgeries to remedy that as well. So I've had, I had seven surgeries in 11 months that year. That was no fun, but I'm here to talk about it and it's definitely changed my outlook on life. And I'm very, very grateful for that journey because it's brought us to where
0: we are today. Fabulous. Thank you, Carrie, for talking about your journey. Let's go with Katie. Okay. I'm not really good at talking
3: about all this. So I'm nearly not as good as Carrie. I don't know. I've had skin cancer several times. And then when I was 35, so like five years ago, I was diagnosed with non Hodgkin, stage four non Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I went through treatments for about six months and then they stopped working, at which point they told me I had to have a stem cell transplant. So I had to go through, I had to move up to Seattle because I live outside of Seattle. You have to live right by the hospital when you're going through that. So I had to move up there for six weeks and go through some really hardcore treatments and I had to get blood transfusions every day and uh, platelets and a whole bunch of, I don't know, awful treatments. And then I uh, got my stem cell transplant. That was five years ago. So, and now I'm all good and I'm ready to give back and just go ahead with cancer cartel and do good
0: things. So that's my journey. Thank you for sharing that journey. And Shelly,
1: um, much like Katie and Carrie, I've also had a lot of bouts with skin cancer. Um, my first was when I was 16 years old. I had malignant melanoma on my leg. Um, I was quite young then, didn't realize you know, how um, important it was and how severe it was. Um, fast forward, and then I was diagnosed with breast cancer at 36. So I went through um, six months of chemo, six weeks of radiation, and then the reconstructive surgery like Carrie did as well. Um, the interesting part of mine was that I had not had children and Katie didn't touch on that, but she also at that time when she was diagnosed did not have any of her own children and people don't realize when you go through chemo, what happens is it destroys your ovaries. So, um, it's not something that's talked about a lot. Um, and I didn't realize until the day I sat in my doctor's office and they told me I had um, breast cancer and that I would not be able to have children after going through the chemo. So I had a little bit of time before they started my chemo that um, I had to make a decision on whether I wanted to freeze our embryos. Mm-hmm. That's a very expensive thing for people to do. Luckily, my husband and I had like some savings that we could fall back on. We froze our embryos before I started chemo. We have a daughter now that our other sister, not Katie, but another sister of ours carried for us because once you've had um, the type of cancer I had, it was invasive um, gosh, invasive ductal carcinoma, and it was estrogen positive. So they don't want you to become pregnant after you've had, because the estrogen levels will spike up. So we have a daughter now who is, you know, seven years old. So that was our blessing out of all of this. But like Katie mentioned too, is that um, it's very expensive. Um, I think the three of us all have had experiences where we've around people that could not afford a lot of things so we were very blessed that we all had family to fall back on and um, you know jobs that we were able to continue or at least um, have previously that we had some savings to help us along and that's kind of where I'll, I'll let Carrie and Katie jump into how we started Cancer Cartel and why we started it.
0: Okay. But let me back up here for a second because I do want to touch on a couple of things because You all said something very interesting and different in that you explained your journeys, but then Katie was like, I don't really like to talk about this, which I can understand. And and I'm just
3: bad at talking about it. Like I'm not good at explaining. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's weird that it even happened to me. So it's just like,
1: we kind of all talked about how it's one of those things you block out of your mind. Uh, sure. It is like, you don't realize, like uh, Katie and I have talked about this a lot. You don't realize all, cause she had an extreme journey that she had to go through, but when you're going through it, you just take it day by day. And then you look back and you start to realize, wow, I did a lot. Yeah. I still
3: haven't realized that I yeah. did it all. Like it's wild. I mean, I had, I had like a year of chemo after my transplant too. I mean, it was a yeah. long process, but yeah, yeah, it's just weird. It's weird that it happened to me. I don't even think I can... <laughs>
0: Yes. It's a little surreal. It sounds like, but also it's very, it's very real. And so yeah, been through it now, when you do talk about it, because you are sharing your journey, you are there out there, you know, with it and the details mm-hmm. and the information so that other people can connect and maybe not feel so alone, but do you mm-hmm. feel like sometimes it's kind of re-traumatizing when you talk about it or is it healing? For me, I it's
3: not say- traumatizing. Yeah. I don't know. It's okay. not for me. And it's not, I don't even know that it's healing either. It's just, like I said, it's weird. It doesn't feel like it happened to me. Like it did happen to me, but when I talk about it, it's just, I right. still can't believe I went through it all. I don't even know that it's really hit me yet, <laughs> how right. like hard it was, but. I, I think guess. to me, it's it,
1: like it, you start to, um, I get like emotional talking about it because it's kind of one of those things. I mean, if you don't know Katie and I, especially, we are two people who absolutely hate needles going to the doctor. Um, even uh, blood pressure we freak out so that I couldn't even get my blood pressure taken two prior us, this. the two of us that had to go through this it's like I don't know how we did it but that's, that's kind of where I, I start to feel like oh my gosh I, I get a little emotional thinking about all the stuff I went through and um it, it yeah it's but I think and also this is a healing that the fact that we've had to tell the story so many times lately yeah it's good because it, it it makes us realize that, oh my gosh, we did get through that and look at it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Carrie, what about I would you? say
2: for me, I mean, my medical piece of it was much different. My mom has been in the medical field for, since I was born. And I I think it was just like a mental, like, okay, well, these are the cards I've been dealt. So here we go. My mom, we were never allowed to, you know, be like, we had to be perfect patients.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Really? But there is a component of having something that's really tangible in regards to, or concrete in relation to the science part of it. But then there's an emotional component, because Mm -hmm. when you were first told, I know this sounds like a silly question, but how did you deal with it? Because each person deals with how that feels what that looks like what you confront and how you deal with that because basically you could have been under the bed and just crying or you could have been like I want to fight and I'm going to go on or you might have had different you know emotions at different times mm-hmm. so how was that for you i think for me i i will
2: admit that now that we're into cancer cartel i'm actually dealing with a lot of the emotions i am an expert compartmentalizer and I know that when I was going through that, I didn't deal with it and that's not healthy. And I think that that's something that as this grows and develops, that I want to encourage other people who are facing these types of diagnosis to get help and to actually work on working through those emotions so that you don't get to where I am 10 years down the road and really starting to feel these things that I never really let myself feel. I recently had to have my reconstruction revised. I'm only about eight weeks post that surgery. And that's definitely brought back a lot of emotions that I know I didn't do a good job of dealing with.
1: Right. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think for me, I was like very positive, like throughout the whole thing. My whole mindset was, you know, it's how you mentally feel about it and it's how how you're going to go about it. And I had a lot of people surrounding me that were very positive. My husband helped me through it. My coworkers Um, but internally for our family, I always tried to stay a little distant just because I didn't want, I wanted to put on a good front for them. Um, our parents, my, especially our dad is very emotional. And, um, -hmm. so anytime they were around, it was kind of like, you know, of course I'm doing fine. I mean, you know, you put on this facade, but behind closed doors, you know, with my husband, I would, you know, break down, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. I can't do this anymore. Um, but outwardly, yeah, I was put on a good positive front. And Katie, what
0: about you? How did that, how did you deal with that? Or I was that?
3: positive the whole time. I never had a feeling of doom. Even when they told me I was I had to have a stem cell transplant, like I always knew I was gonna be okay. And I mean, mine like I partied the whole the whole way through. Like our like in my chemo room every week, it was like a party. We had, Shelly, will tell you, I mean, Mexican, but whatever. I I ate through everything. I they order me whatever i wanted i'd have little parties in the room i don't know i just i didn't listen to any of the bad stuff i told them i didn't want to know anything unless don't tell me the side effects unless i need to go to the hospital like tell me those ones like if this happens otherwise don't tell me like i don't need to know everything i don't want to feel things i'm not feeling tell my sisters they'll figure it out <laughs> Like just, just save me like that kind of stuff so i was really lucky though i'm I'm the youngest. I mean Shelly left her job <laughs> to yeah. to be at my treatments. My sister, our other sister, Heidi, sold her business to be able to take me back and forth. And I don't know, everyone it takes everyone awesome. to surrounded me and mine was a really positive ex I mean it wasn't positive, it was scary, but we stayed positive the whole time. I stayed positive. I never felt any doom.
1: That's it was scary
3: at times, but I
0: don't know. Yeah. It was hard.
3: I think I was that I need oh, to uh
0: dealt with that differently. And I think it's important mm-hmm. for people to hear that because mm-hmm. I've had other cancer survivors on my show with triple negative breast cancer or those who have reoccurring episodes, as you did, Carrie, of different types of cancer come on. And one of those women said, you know, it's kind of like now I kind of look over my shoulder all the time. And how do you allay that feeling? How do you kind of separate from that? Because that can be difficult where you're like, oh man, is it going to come back? Is it going to come, you know, rear its ugly head again? And so how do you kind of come to terms with that? I think for me,
2: it's done the opposite of making me over my shoulder. I mean, I know this might sound crazy and I say it out loud all the time, but I feel like it's my superpower. I feel like I've had these, and I didn't really touch on my other than cancer journeys, but I had spinal meningitis when I was 30 and they told my family I wasn't going to make it. Like if I made it through the night, great. If there was a chance I wasn't going to. So I really feel like all of that's in my past and I don't look over my shoulder. I'm only looking forward. And I think that those things have given me that power.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And I can relate to some of this because um, in my own journey, starting at six months old, I had a hole in my small intestine. And they kept sending my mom away when she would take me to the doctor and they, she would say, there's something wrong with her. She's a happy baby. She'll eat. She'll do this. She'll do that. But she said, but there's something not right. She smells like she's curdling inside and oh. that's just not a normal baby smell. And they just said, Oh, she has the stomach flu. Oh, she's got this or, Oh, she's got that. And so, um, so it wasn't until I went into a coma and she had to rush me to the emergency room. I was septic and they had to do exploratory surgery only to find out that in fact, I had a hole in my small intestine at six months of age. And oh my. so I was um, in the hospital for many, for many weeks, uh, multiple surgeries. And throughout my life, I've had multiple surgeries because of what that did to me as a young child. And so the adhesions that are obstructing my organs and all this stuff. So throughout my life, I, I've, I've also dealt with that, and dealt with a scare with uh, polycystic ovarian cysts, where I had to have a hysterectomy because they thought um, some of the things looked suspicious and cancerous. And so, you know, so <laughs> so I I can relate to this stuff. And you're right. The way I dealt with it is okay. I've learned from those experiences, and I just go forward and mm-hmm. like, I yes. didn't break me. You know, yeah. and that's what to talk about. All the other things that we've dealt with in life, right? Yeah. So whatever those might have been, so and each of us has our own unique experiences. So early on, hysterectomy, multiple surgeries. So
1: I get it. I can relate. Yeah. So we have our own journey. Totally. And it it's nice you to live your life, like live the life you have right now. Like don't absolutely. Really yeah. Listen.
3: I'm like I kicked cancer's ass. Like come get me. This is, what are you gonna? <laughs> <laughs> There's no Let's way. Do this. There's no way I'm going down.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's right. So, you know, you mentioned support system. And I like that you mentioned that because it's really, I think it's really important that you do have a strong support system, that you do have people around you that are going to help you. And if you don't help that, I have that, Mm -hmm. then what I would suggest, or what would you suggest for folks? Because I know there are people out there that do want to kind of lift people up and, you know, hold them up. Yes.
2: I wasn't quite as lucky as Katie and Shelly with the support system. Um, During the time that I was sick, uh, I was in a not so grand marriage and I'll just be really candid about that. I'm thankful that he kept the kids fed, (laughs) but you know, and I have an amazing family, but I definitely pushed them away. And in hindsight, what I would say to people is stop doing that and ask, for help. Like Mm -hmm. I should have called my sister. I have an awesome one. You know, I I should have reached out to my friends who would have helped me, but I I didn't do that. And I that is one of my big regrets. And if I could tell, you know, there's also great organizations out there. If you ask your oncologist, you know, seek the internet. There are some amazing support groups out there. If you
1: have no family, they will be your family. Yeah. And those are awesome suggestions. Accept the help. I mean for sure. And you'll be surprised because it can be very isolating when you're just at home sitting there dealing with that. And that's one of the reasons I decided personally to go back to work because it did help. I fed off people's energy when I was there. But um, if you're sitting at home, definitely reach out to people. They want to help you. They're looking for ways to help you. So yeah, definitely accept that help.
0: And I think a lot of times if you're sitting at home... And you have the ability and the energy and the stamina to work or do something that gets you involved, it gets you out of your head and you stop internalizing some of those things that are actually happening to you or that you're going through actually. So good suggestion. So thank you for that because I think there are are people out there who certainly are in difficult situations and they don't know how to reach out or ask for help. Or they can ask for help, but there's something holding them back from asking for help. And I think we all want to be these giants that, that just hold everything on our shoulders and we can do it alone. But sometimes yeah. we have to reach out. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. necessary. And to have those good support systems is important. So as we go along and you talk about your journey, let's, let's now go back to Cancer Cartel. How did you come together? And how did this idea come together? And I watched one of your videos about the name of the organization and I saw you all laughing and you're like, you wouldn't (laughs) disclose exactly what name it was that are the names that you were tossing around. But I, I found the video very amusing. So let's talk about the name and how this all came together.
2: (laughs) Well, I'll give you just a brief, uh, you know, how, obviously these two are sisters, but Katie and I, met because of our significant others. So they've been good friends for years. And mine said all along, as soon as you meet Katie, it's going to be sparks are flying and you guys are going to be best friends. And they were 100% correct. (laughs) Um, We were instant best friends from the moment we laid eyes on each other. And we went to a charity event together. We went to a local food bank, Northwest Harvest, and we packaged food for hungry families. On our way home, you know, cancer had always been a thread through our friendship, but, you know, we didn't talk about it every day. Right. But being at another, you know, charitable event really kind of brought it to the forefront. And on the way home, we started just kicking around ideas, talking about how, you know, we're both so lucky to be alive, like should not be alive. Like mm-hmm. yeah. for sure. Like, neither one of us should be here talking to you. And we thought, how could we take this horrible thing that happened to us and turn it into something awesome? Well, we both love fashion and we thought... What if we could become the real, real luxury consignment, but 100% of the sale of these amazing Louis Vuitton bags and Jimmy Choo shoes could go help people who are fighting cancer. We know how expensive it is, it's ridiculous. So by the time we got home, Cancer Cartel, which it wasn't named that, (laughs) was born. The seed was planted. So Katie got home and we were both so fired up. Like I called my sister and she called Shelly and Shelly will kind of tell you a little bit about where she was at when she got that call. Yeah.
1: So I had just, I had left my job probably a year before that. Um, My daughter was like four. And so I knew she was going to be going into kindergarten. So right around the time that Katie and Carrie were discussing this, it was October. My daughter had just started kindergarten in September. Um, and I had started talking to Katie a lot about like, gosh, Katie, we need to do something. We've both been through cancer. I know it does something to you internally. Like you want to do something more. I sat in an office in a cubicle for 20 years. I did finances and it was after my cancer. I'm like, I can't do this. Like I, there's something more for me. I can't sit here and look at spreadsheets all day. Um, so I started talking to Katie after Katie had gone through it. Cause I knew it was going to do something to her as well. And her and I always have talked about fashion The other two sisters we have don't really care about fashion at all, but Katie and I love to shop, love clothes. So we always talk about like opening a boutique or something, but then her and Carrie had this conversation and Katie calls me like right when she gets home and I'm like, exactly. This is exactly what we need to be doing. This is it. Um, Mm -hmm. so it was just like the next week, I think I, we all got together and had a lunch and I got to meet Carrie and we were all instantly like in, we were just like, you know, bouncing ideas off each other, talking about this, like, Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Fabulous, and it was kind of boring out of there. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, mean, I think that it's worth noting that
2: we were at a Mexican buffet.
3: <laughs> we were the first ones to go through the buffet. Okay, don't make it's not a go. <laughs> Yeah, We were there early. <laughs> we were there so you're early. the first earth, ones okay? to put
2: your finger over everything. Yeah. <laughs> but the first ones there. When, they, awesome. when we sat down, we were like, "What's going on?" We, they hadn't even brought the food out
1: yet. Like, wow. we
2: didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I just think it that's really worth. it. it it's, it's part of our origin story that I really like to share. And
3: then we went to TJ Maxx and bought matching mugs that said, "Like follow your dream
1: Shelly, we... <laughs> <That's right. laughs> <your art>, yeah, follow your Yeah, we bought matching mugs and matching journals. Um,
0: uh, uh, yeah. 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 Oh, very nice. So I love how this all came together. I love your origin story. So talk about the mission because I know there's a mission and I know that, again, when I went to your YouTube channel, you had or are having a fashion show or have?
2: Well, let's talk about the coronavirus. Right. <laughs> so um, oh, that. Well, that. Mm-hmm. So We'll back up just a little bit. Um, Our mission statement is fashion funds the fight. We know that the cost of cancer is much more than medication and treatment. It is lost wages. It is extra fuel driving back and forth to hospitals. It is choosing between your medication and your daughter's ballet or your son's ballet whatever they want to do. Um, And those are the most agonizing choices that any person could have to make. Mm -hmm. And we knew that there had to be a better way. We knew that there had to be a way to help people with these everyday living expenses, but we also knew we could do it in a way that was fun and inspiring to people. And we did have a fashion show scheduled. It was going to be very big and monumental to us. It was in Orange County Mm -hmm. um, with some very wonderfully generous, influential people. Unfortunately, it was canceled. But the coronavirus has been both a blessing and a curse to us. It did make us cancel things that were on our calendar that we were very excited about, but it's also propelled us. All three of us have not been working full-time jobs. We've been able to dedicate ourselves to this mission and we've made humongous strides in the last four or five months that we probably would not have been able to make in such a rapid period had we, you know, had things have gone the way we planned. Right.
1: Yeah, and we had to get creative also. So, of course, mm-hmm. we the luxury donations, and we resell those on our website. Um, but we also knew that we had to come up with other ways. And so we had the virtual fashion fund. So, um, that's, that was a really, that was a new thing for us. We had never done anything like that. Um, we did it the month of July and it was, it was really fun. We had people dressing up in different outfits and taking pictures with our little bibs. Um, it was really fun. We know next year will be a lot bigger, but um, we were, it was very successful. I think we raised $1,600 or something off of that. And it was just like something we thought of just during coronavirus. So we had to get creative. And then we've had other people reaching out to us. We had a winery that wanted to do, um, you know, donate a percentage of their proceeds to us. Um, so, yeah, we're getting we're getting other ideas, trying to get other branding partnerships and that kind of things to bring in, raise money since people aren't maybe out there shopping you know, off of our website like they typically would. So, you know, COVID. Yeah.
0: But this is a great time to get creative. Yeah. It's a great time to kind of pivot and show the the kind of the range of your creativity mm-hmm. and how you can still raise funds and how you can still attend to your mission, so to speak. So these two are
1: very creative. <laughs>
0: Yeah, You can absolutely do it. And based on your bios, you are creative women. You have done a lot of different things. You've worked in fashion. You've worked in the big industry. You've worked in corporation. You've done a lot finance. You've done a lot of things. And what a trio you are to come together and just build this wonderful organization so, I'm gonna at this point, I'm gonna do a little bit of kind of a lightning round of questions. And let's start with Carrie, go to Katie, and then Shelly. So, lightning rounds, favorite color? Oh gosh, I like about pink. We'll right. go with pink. Katie, blue. Shelly, blush and black. Blush and <laughs> black, kind of like uh, what was. Um, what was, what's her name? Um, Julia Roberts in. Oh, I'll,
1: I'll take that. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that movie, uh, the great movie. Uh, she, her favorite color was blush. Okay, favorite food, Carrie. Oh, Mexican. Everything Mexican. Katie.
3: Yeah, Mexican.
0: Also, oh,
2: Mexican as well. I can eat that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Carrie, favorite pastime? Uh, horses were my pastime growing up, but now it's motorcycles. Like that's what I do with my husband.
1: Awesome. Katie. Boating. Nice. Shelly. Oh my gosh. I don't really like shopping was always my, <laughs> Yes, yeah, exactly what I used to be. It used to be. <laughs> used to be I mean, I used to love going through racks of clothes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't oh, get that totally. right now. I know. So no. how do you, and we'll get
0: back to this, but how do you, um, actually fulfill that that need to shop you know I,
1: yep. are you amazon shopper <laughs> a little bit but not so much i mean because i think during COVID, i realized i don't need a lot that's yeah yeah right well i, I think do we, well they, for all of us we get we
2: get to do that with our yeah with our chosen passion now. So Mm -hmm. instead of shopping for ourselves, we're receiving these beautiful donated items that we get to love and then share with someone else and help people at the same time. So we, I don't think I've bought anything because I am so in love with what we're doing.
3: Yeah,
1: you, you open the boxes and that's the thrill right there. You get to open these boxes as items. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Someone's going to love it. Um, I'm still
3: shopping
0: online. So
1: <laughs> I'm still getting boxes on a pretty regular basis.
3: So Awesome.
0: Yeah. All right. <laughs> Last two lightning questions. Beach or desert, Carrie? Oh gosh, desert. Arizona all day long. Really? Katie? Beach all day. Water. Jelly. Beach all day. And last question. Sweet or salty? Carrie. I have to have both together. (laughs) No,
3: super salty, like salt lick, salty. Yes. (laughs) Everything gets salt before
1: I taste it. (laughs) And jelly. Sweet chocolate, like a dark chocolate would be. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for answering those lightning questions. And now for my last question. And I ask all my guests this, and we're going to start with Carrie and then go to Katie and then Shelly. But if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? And Carrie, if you want to start. I'm going to steal something from Marie
2: Forleo, but everything is figure outable. If you can dream it in your head, you can do it. We had no idea how to start a nonprofit and we are doing it. And I know as corny as it sounds, follow your dreams. Cause you can have them and you can create the life you want. Awesome. Katie? And I don't want to sound corny either,
3: but yeah, like follow your dreams. Nothing's impossible. Life's too short. Don't waste too much time doing things that make you miserable. Don't waste time arguing with people. Just any of it. Just life's too short. Follow your dreams.
1: Absolutely. And Shelly, I absolutely agree with both of them. Um, not only follow your dreams, but put it out there, write it down. Mm-hmm. Tell yes. Um, we've noticed a lot of things like when we put it out there, we talk about it. It comes back to us. So put your dreams out there. Don't be afraid. Shoot big, shoot mm-hmm. high. And people are, yeah, don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. And people are your you know, dreams. surprised. People come out of the woodwork that want to help you and get to those dreams. Um, and that's another thing. Look at the people who are surrounding you as well and uh, make sure that they all want um, good for you.
0: And then we're going to hold you up. Yeah. Thank you, Carrie, Shelly, and Katie, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today, for those beautiful words of wisdom, for sharing your journeys. If you would like to know more about Carrie, Shelly, and Katie, and the Cancer Cartel, please follow the Cancer Cartel on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and www.cancercartel.com. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story, providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at info at I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women Home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about CORE women in your social media posts, please hashtag CORE women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about CORE women and please stay tuned for continued growth of the CORE women movement. Let's grow and drive change together.